ready to rise above loud, angry headlines, longing for an alternative to the world's fighting and fear-mongering? Christianity Today magazine offers a trustworthy, faithful perspective on stories that matter to you, from the church next door to movements and ministries all around the world. Subscribe to CT for full access to in-depth reporting, insightful commentary, and redemptive storytelling, both online and in print. A subscription to CT also includes seasonal devotionals, special issues, and exclusive content. Visit orderct.com today or click the link in the show notes to get started and join a growing community of thoughtful evangelical Christians who value different news that makes a difference. That's orderct.com to subscribe today. Welcome to Questions and Ethics with Russell Moore, where we apply the gospel of the kingdom to cultural issues and your questions about the Christian life. And now, here's your host. Hello, this is Russell Moore recording here in the studios of the Southern Baptist Convention building. And this is the program where I take whatever questions you have about life, about relationships, about what it means to follow Christ uh, in this culture, and we wrestle with them here on this program. And I have a question that came to me really because of a, a picture that I put up on Instagram. I was in my office and I was unpacking some boxes. I still have boxes to unpack. And I found an old Bible, and in that old Bible, there was a bulletin from a church that I served early on in my ministry where I was associate pastor with uh, responsibilities for youth ministry. And I was just talking about how that that moment caused me to have a, a sense of gratitude to God for allowing us to be in that church because the experience of ministering in that church, the people were so good to us, and they remain such uh, friends to us, even though they're scattered all over the country. And I mentioned that, and I put up the picture on Instagram, and someone sent me a, a Twitter message and said, what advice would you have as a former youth minister for youth ministers? And it really got me to thinking, because it's been, it's been a long time since I've been doing youth ministry, but I learned a lot while I was doing it about ministry in, in general. I, I think, frankly, my years as youth minister have prepared me to do what I'm doing now more than more than just about anything else. And, and there are several reasons for that. One of the things I would say, if God is putting you in a situation where you're doing youth ministry, either as a paid staff position or as someone who is volunteering, uh, working with, with teenagers or students in your congregation, I think there, there are several things I would say. The first one is be a pastor. And, and, and what I mean by that is don't be a youth pastor, but be a pastor who is given responsibility over youth and over teenagers. Now, what I don't mean by that is what I've seen some people do, this really sort of tedious, uh, you know, point by sub-point by sub-sub-point uh, sort of uh, pomposity that some people equate being boring with being serious. That's, that's not what I mean. What I mean is step into this role, seeing yourself as equipping the flock of God through the power of the Word of God that you have been given, and do that with a kind of joyful gravity. You're, you're not 
the kid who is there or the the aging person pretending to be a kid who is there to kind of come up with programs for the teenagers. But you're somebody who is equipping people to do spiritual warfare. You, you do that as a joyful warrior. Uh, I think you do that with a sense of humor. I think you do that with, with everything about your personality that God has, has created and designed, but you do it with a sense of weight, that you genuinely are a pastor within that congregation, which means that while your, your primary sense of responsibility is discipling and evangelizing teenagers or, or college students or whatever the age uh, range is that you've been given, you're a pastor to the entire congregation. There, there are people, even if you're not directly ministering to them, who are over, they're, they're, they're overhearing what it is that you're, you're doing and you're saying, and you want to be the kind of person who can show up at the hospital when need be with someone who is dying and be able to be taken seriously reading Psalm 23 and preparing that person for death. And you're going to have to do that. If you're doing youth ministry, then you're not simply going to be ministering to those kids, but you've got to be ministering to their parents, equipping them with how, how it is to, to raise teenagers and, and, to, and to disciple their own children. You've got to be uh, ministering, in, in many cases, to grandparents, a lot of these kids are going to have grandparents who don't have any other pastor. You're the only connection they have with the church. And you need to be the sort of person who's so steeped in Scripture, who is able to wield the sword of the Spirit in such a way that you have the, the respect of the people, not, uh, not carnal respect or worldly respect, but the sort of respect that comes when Jesus is preaching and the people say, this is an authority, not as those of the scribes uh, and, the, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Uh, you want to have the, the sort of biblical grounding that even the unbelievers in your community are going to say, we don't necessarily agree with him, but there's an authority there that is not like the youth ministers that we have seen uh, before, that joyful gravity. I think also it's important to embrace the strangeness uh, of the gospel. I think one of the things that we, we tend to try to do in youth ministry is to make the gospel relevant and palatable to young people. Uh, I mean, that's been going on for a long time. That was going on when I was, when I was a, a teenager. It's been going on for, for centuries. But the youth ministers, I think, are the most effective long-term are the ones who don't run away from the freakish aspects of the gospel. They're the ones who, yeah, they have a sense of humor. Yeah, they, they know what's going on in the culture around them, but they're constantly returning back to the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, to reconciliation with God through the gospel, through the aspects of Christianity that always seem incredible to people when they really hear them. Resurrection from the dead, coming judgment, those sorts of things. Embrace that strangeness, and you will find that uh, it will make you strangely irrelevant and strangely relevant at the same time. Another thing that I would say is be geared toward maturity and churchmanship. And one of the things that you'll find uh, if you, you get yourself together with a group of other youth ministers is that that is strangely rare. 
there are a lot of people who assume that youth ministry means that you are ministering to teenagers, but they're not going to be teenagers for very long. You're only a teenager from age 13 to age 19. That's six years. These are people who are future adults and future senior adults and future corpses and future resurrected corpses. So you want to take this time in their lives to prepare them for everything else that is going to happen in their lives, which means that you're, you're gearing them toward maturity, toward the next stage in their lives, not simply toward what it means to be a teenager. Uh, and, and a lot of the curricula that you will find are dealing strictly with what it means to be a teenager. How do I maintain uh, sexual purity? How do I get along with friends at school? How do I relate to my parents? All those things are good and necessary, and you need to talk about those things in the context of being a teenager, but always with in view, preparing them to be husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and leaders within, uh, within the congregation. So you're moving them toward maturity, and you're connecting them with the rest of the body of Christ. It's easy to build a youth ministry if all you're doing is gathering teenagers together in a room somewhere and doing something designed specifically for them. It's fine to have, I think, events for teenagers specifically. I think that's good. I think that's necessary. But I think you're driving them toward life in the rest of the body of Christ. So I would advise you, If you're a youth minister or a youth director of some sort, build the sort of relationship with your pastor where you can find ways for teenagers within the congregation to serve. And I don't just mean, you know, selling selling spaghetti dinners for the youth trip. I mean to actually serve. If you've got the sort of congregation where teenagers can take up the offering or uh, read scripture, participate in the life of the church. That's a really good thing. I mean, one of the best things in my ministry that ever happened was a pastor early on when I said, you know, I think I think God might be calling me to ministry. He said, all right, we're having a, a service where you're going to preach next week. I was 12. Uh, that, that was a crazy thing to do. But this was a pastor who was looking for ways to equip and to raise up the next generation. Try to find those ways in your congregation where you can enable your teenagers not to simply consume the, the resources, spiritual or otherwise, but to serve the rest of the body of Christ. And then the final thing I would say is you will be surprised in youth ministry. One of the things that that really surprised me as I've looked back over the years is that some of the teenagers that I was working with that I assumed were the most spiritually mature, had the best potential about them in terms of of Christian life, did not turn out to be that way. And some of the ones that I really didn't take all that seriously, that I thought would have all sorts of trouble coming down the road, turned out to be really impressive Christians in their lives. And so realize and know that appearances don't often mean as much as we think they do. And so just as just as the, the sons of Jesse were surprised by God's choice of, of David, I think, I think we see that a lot in our ministries, including in youth ministry. So spend some time with the kids in that ministry that you're tempted to give up on. 
And I think you'll find that's worth it. What's your question? We'd love to take it up here. Talk to you next time. This is Russell. If you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at ERLC.com. That's questions at ERLC.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, use the hashtag AskRDM. Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics podcast with Russell Moore. To check out future broadcasts, subscribe via iTunes or visit us on ERLC.com. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.